It's great to be with you this morning. My name is Pastor Mark. I'm the senior pastor. It's, we have had an amazing month. Um, we started a series called Greater. We're ending it today. We have a special guest speaker who's going to close it out. Um, we're starting a new series next week called No More Games. Oh, my gosh, I cannot wait. More importantly, I can't wait for the guest speaker. Um, the person that's going to be preaching today, man, he has a big piece of my heart. Um, in fact, I consider him a spiritual son. Um, he was part of the youth group when we were youth pastors of this church eight years ago. And to be able to watch him just growing to be the man that God has called him to be, watching him mature in the Lord, watching him lead a generation of world changers there in Planet Red on Wednesday nights. Man, man Planet Red, you love your youth pastor? You love your youth pastor? Yeah. You love your youth pastor? Can we stand to our feet and show some honor for our youth pastor, Pastor Dylan Mantooth? you know, but if you don't have your youth, um, your young people and the youth group on Wednesday nights, you're missing out. There's lives being changed, callings being produced, people falling in love with Jesus more than ever before, more than ever before, and it's being, God's doing this work through um, Pastor Dylan, and we love the fact that we're going to receive from him, amen? So this is what I want you to do. I told our staff this last week, um, I told we had a time of prayer, too, last week as well. Um, I'm just going to challenge you. Um, I, don't, I don't know what's been said to you in the past. I don't know how you were raised in church. But in here at College Park, this is, what, this is who we are. You know, I believe a quiet church is a dead church. Because dead things don't move. Dead things don't talk. Dead things make no noise. But something that is alive has movement, has a noise. And I wonder, is there anybody alive in Jesus Christ this morning? Amen. There we go. There we go. I've had multiple conversations with people where they said, well, I went to a church one time, and I said amen. They looked at me weird. I was talking to another person. They said I was raising my hands. I was like, preach it. And somebody gave me weird eyes. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I want you that. I want you to do that. I don't want what's inside of you bottled up. I want what's inside of you exploding out. I don't want you to hold and allow the pressure to build up the build up. I want you to allow that thing to explode out of you because you don't know that encouragement that you're giving might explode into your neighbor beside you, in front of you, behind you. You don't know. So you don't allow the, you know, the, the few faces of the chosen frozen to silence your praise. Don't let the few chosen frozen to be able to shut you up. Let that thing that is inside you, that, that excitement that God is doing within you, let it explode. And so here at College Park, there is no limit to how we show our excitement to Jesus. There is no limit to how we're going to worship our God. There is no limit to the noise that we want you to make in this church, all right? So here's the thing. People talk about, well, you know, one of my leaders came and they were like, well, bring some of the crazies out. Yeah, that's called family. <laughs> Everyone got that crazy uncle that shows up uninvited for Thanksgiving eats everything up and doesn't bring one dish, hello, but it's family. There is no church that is perfect. There is, it's called heaven, 
But till then, we are imperfect people trying to give a praise to a perfect God. And every once in a while, people are going to do it in the wrong, in the wrong, in, in the wrong context, in the wrong spirit. I'd rather them keep pursuing to pursue God. If they're going to fail, I'd rather them failing trying to show God love. If they're going to fall, I'd rather them fall going a little too much. I'd rather have to pull people back instead of pushing them forward. I'd rather pull them back than pushing forward. And in here, man, I pray that you push through to experience your breakthrough. Amen? Can you show Pastor Dylan how much we love him this morning? Are y'all hungry this morning? I said, are you hungry this morning? I'm not talking about food either. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and dive into it. We're going to start in Exodus 16, verses 15 through 21. I'll give you a minute to turn there. If not, uh, the media team is awesome, so they already got it on the screen for you guys. So, <laughs> so if y'all are there, say there. If not, say hold up. <laughs> One hold up. We're waiting on you, Micah. Good? All right. Um, Exodus 16, uh, verses 15 through 21. When the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather of it, each one of you as much as he can eat. Each one of you as much as he can eat. You shall each take an omer according to the number of persons that are that you have in your tent. And the people of Israel did so. They gathered some more than less, some less. But when they measured it with an omer, whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little had no lack. Each of them gathered as much as he could eat. And Moses said to them, Let no one leave any of it over until the morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some, of, some left part of it till the morning. And it bred worms and it stank. And Moses was angry with them. Morning by morning, they gathered each of them as much as he could eat. But when the sun grew hot, it melted. If y'all could bow y'all's heads, I'm just going to pray before we start. God, thank you for your Holy Spirit that is about to lead me into preaching and teaching your word this morning. God, I pray that wherever there is a hunger, it is filled today. Wherever there is faith, let it rise up, God. I pray that I get out of the way. Let you move in, God, and let your spirit move. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, we're going to be talking about supply and demand. Everybody say supply, supply. and demand. Um, it's not usually a phrase that you use in church. It's not usually a term that we use in church a lot. It's more of a business term. And um, if you're in business and you do not know what supply and demand is, you're not going to be in business very long. It's a very important term when it comes to business. You've got to know what supply and demand is. I've heard of a lot of good, great businesses that supply a good product, but they go out of business. Why? Because there's no demand. Why do they go out of business? If their product is so great, there's no need for it. There's no demand of it, and they go out of business. I can think of Blockbusters. I used to go there all the time. There was one like two miles from our house. We would go there. I would rent games and movies and all this good stuff, and now as we advance, we don't we don't need Blockbuster anymore. We can get it right off our TV. We don't have to leave our house. We don't have to, 
I got one amen back there. Um, but yeah, they had the best movies. They had more than anything as far as around here that I know of. And they still went out of business because there was no need for it anymore. There was nothing. And what that speaks to me is that the supplier is at the mercy of the demander. A lot of businesses want to get that twisted around when we think that we need them, no. The supplier is at the mercy of the demander. This brings me to a verse. Um, it's in Matthew. It talks about where Jesus went back to his hometown. He went to Nazareth. It says that he did few miracles there. Few miracles. But he did do miracles, but they were few. It says because of their unbelief. They had unbelief in his hometown, and he did few miracles there. But he did some, which means there was some faith there. Right? There was some faith in there because he did do some miracles. But there was no demand for it. A lot, I always thought that it was because of their lack of faith, which it says it is. But if you're hungry, you'll eat anything, right? If you're hungry, you would eat anything, right? They didn't want to eat it. They weren't hungry. They weren't hungry for miracles. And if you're not hungry for miracles, you're not going to get any miracle. If you're not hungry for Jesus, you're not going to get any. If you're worried about a miracle happening in your life and you're afraid and you're not hungry for it, don't worry, it's not going to happen. If there's no hunger, I promise you it will not happen. And he did few miracles, few miracles in that city. One thing that I see as I read in Exodus, God will not supply if there is no demand. There will be no supply from God if there is no I promise you, He will not force feed you. You are not a baby. He's not going to force feed you. God is not going to supply something if you have no demand. for. If there's no hunger in your life, there's no demand, He's not going to supply it. And the enemy knows that. So he goes after God. And he's like, well, I can't do nothing with God. I've got no power over Him. And he goes after us, and he can't take our power because he doesn't give it to us. He can't take our identity because it's not in him. But he will let you come to the table. He will let you come to church. He'll just take your hunger. If you, if you don't have a hunger, and he takes your hunger from you, can't eat. If we don't have any hunger, naturally, we would die because we don't know when to eat. We would just die of malnutrition. So this morning, I wonder, what mindset has Satan put you in in your hunger for God? Let's, let's look at this for a minute. If he can take your hunger, he can take your blessing, he can take your miracle, right? So if you're going and pursuing God, and you're running after God, and we're not promised that everything's going to go perfect, and we're not promised that everything's going to be good in our walk with God. So maybe you experience a little pain. Maybe you experience a setback. Maybe something sets you back in your walk with Christ. And all Satan has to do is throw that back in your mind and you're like, well, there goes my hunger. All you have to do is get that mindset and you don't want nothing to do with God because you have no hunger anymore. You have no hunger anymore and all he has to do is just give that, just that little pain, bring back that memory, that thought of just a little pain. I remember growing up, uh, I ate Hot Pockets at my friend's house all the time. All the time. And I was talking, we were, uh, me and my wife were at Mark and Jen's this Monday, and we got on the subject of, what do you not eat? Because I eat everything. If it's in front of me, I'm eating it. And uh, they were like, what do you not eat? I'm like, I don't eat Hot Pockets. I ate Hot Pockets one time, y'all, I'm not lying. I threw up for like two days straight. I don't know if I got the stomach bug, 
and Hot Pockets at the same time, and they just did not mix well. I was throwing, so I can't even watch a commercial. I can't even look at a pic. If I think about it, like cooking in the microwave, and that smell comes up, it's like, oh, I just can't, I'm about to start gagging right now. I can't stand Hot Pockets. A lot of us can't stand pain. A lot of us cannot stand pain. I, Satan, will, all he has to do is throw a little pain your way, and there's your whole hunger. There's your whole thirst. There's your whole blessing. There's your whole miracle because you got a little bit of pain, and it takes it from you. It's funny how we say we're hungry for God, but we lose it so easily. Are we even that hungry? If he can take it that easy, are we really even that hungry? Are we really even that thirsty for his presence, for his word, for him every day? My favorite person to eat with, first of all, I want to give a shout out to my grandmother. She is in the house, and she's like the best cook that I know. I will, I will go to her house, and there will be no leftovers over. They're like, all right, Dylan, come clean up for us. And they ain't talking about the dishes. They're talking about the food. Um, but my favorite person to eat with is my wife. Because she loves to eat just as much as I do. We will eat. Um, and we probably look like we're mad at each other when we're eating because we don't talk. Because we're literally like shoveling. Because we just love to eat. That's just how it is. God brought us together. He knew those two, they got to be together. They love to eat. When we go out to eat, I've got strategic in my eating. And what I mean by that is I figure out what she's going to order so that I don't get the same thing so that I can try two things on the menu because I know she's not going to finish hers, right? I know she's not going to finish hers. So when I do that, I'm like, I don't want to look like a pig and I don't want to pay that extra price, so I'm just going to get something else and finish hers because I can eat. I, <laughs> ask anybody I've been out to eat with. They know there's nothing left on my plate. And if you're around me, there's nothing left on your plate either. <laughs> Because I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat. That's just how it is. But I also don't like waste. I don't want anything to waste. Back in Exodus, they tried to save it. They tried to save it to the next day. Try to save that food. And God's like, why would you save something? I'm trying to fill you up right now. I want you to be full right now. Why are you saving something today for tomorrow? That's not even meant for tomorrow. I will fill you up tomorrow. Eat everything that I'm giving you right now today. I want you to be full today. I'm going to say a, a statement that doesn't sound like God, but it is. God is not about equality. God is not about equality. Catch this. Some people eat more than others. Right? So if he gives somebody else as much as he gives me, that's going to go to waste, but I'm going to use it. I'm going to use it. What He gives me, I'm going to use it. We always think God's fair, and He is. Everybody has the same chance, but He's not going to give everybody the same thing at the same stage of their life and walk with Christ. He's not going to do it because he, He's not a God of waste. He's not a God that's going to waste anything. He wants you to use everything He gives you. But a lot of us, we want to save it for tomorrow. We're afraid, we're afraid that His supply is going to run out or something. We're afraid that he's going to forget about us and not feed us like he's supposed to. And he's feeding the birds, and we're afraid that he's not going to feed us. He's feeding every other animal and making sure that they're getting food, and we're afraid to use all the supply that he's given us for that day because 
We're afraid he's going to run out. We're afraid he's going to not forget about us. Notice in Exodus, it says, the one who ate more got more. The one who ate less got less. So I got a question this morning. How hungry are you? How hungry are you? How much are you taking in right now? How much are you wanting from God this morning? How much are you, not just on a Sunday, how much are you wanting from God during the week? We get filled on Sunday, then we go hungry the rest of the week, and then we're ready for Sunday again already because we're hungry. Like He can't feel you at home. Like He can't feel you when you're by yourself or something like that. We're all dependent on a Sunday morning experience. And we forget, He's, he's here with us every day. This brings back the story of Elisha and the, and the oil in the jars. And he told her it was, it was a widow and, and she had debts. And Elisha had told her to go get every jar that you could find. Every jar that you could find. Bring it to your house. We're going to fill them up. I got to think, I wonder what her mindset was. I wonder if she was like, be kind of awkward if I get all these jars and then it'd be a lot of work if I have to take them back because they don't get filled up. Be kind of inconvenient getting all these jars and collecting from all these people and then when I go back and they don't get filled, then it's just going to be really awkward. Or I wonder if she was like, I got to find everything because I'm in so much debt right now, I need God to fill me up. I'm in so much debt, I need God to fill all these jars. So she gathers them. She's gathering. She gets all these jars and she brings them in and then she begins to pour this little, little jar, little flask, filling everything up. Filling it all up. That shows me that God never runs out until we limit Him. God will fill you up until you are full. I said God will fill you up until you are full. We do not have a God who just gives us this little meal plan and we get little snacks. No, He wants a full buffet for all of y'all because He wants you to be full. Some of us are going for just a little snack. Some of us are eating just a little snack. We don't really want to be filled up. We just want to be held over until Sunday. We just want to make it to Sunday. We don't really want that full meal that He's going to supply us with. What you focus on, you feel. What you focus on, you will feel. (laughs) We do not get up here all passionate for Sunday morning because we did not do anything during the week. We're focusing on God all week long so that when we get up here, we are full and ready to fill y'all up. We are up here because we can't contain it because we're overflowing because we're so full because I've been focusing on God all week long. I am full this morning. I have been dedicating my life, my reading, my time with God so much more intently with just focusing on getting filled up, spending time with God, taking in His Word, worshiping on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, taking in everything I can because I am hungry. I am hungry, y'all. I'm in a sweet spot with my relationship with God. I am so hungry lately. Ask my wife. I prepared all day for this. I was all week. All day yesterday, I was reading, studying, worshiping. I'm hungry. And I promise you, if you're hungry, you will get filled. I have never been in a spot where I've been so hungry and never got filled from the Lord. Truly hungry. Not that, 
well, I'm hungry, and then go home and then doing nothing related to God, getting fill, filling you up with his word, his prayer. I heard a pastor say, he was talking about the glory that used to be on, on the church back in the day, the glory that God used to rest on the church. His presence rested on because they were hungry. We think we're hungry laying and praying for a couple minutes when they prayed for hours. They wouldn't get up for days but like a bunch of dead people because they're so full and heavy of the presence of God that they couldn't even get up if they wanted to. And we're hungry praying for a couple minutes. We're hungry praying just, just a little bit. <laughs> your hunger will show to other people. Other people will be able to see your hunger. Other people will be able to indicate how hungry you really are. You can tell them one thing, but they can see it with your life. You can fake it maybe for a little bit, but they'll see how hungry you are. They'll see just how hungry you are for the presence of God. They'll see just how hungry you are to be filled. Seems like there's so many demands on our life now. Demands to do this and have this and you got to look like this and you got to post this and you got to do all these things, especially being married now. I have demands of bills. I've got to pay now. Hello. I've got bills I'm paying now, y'all. And uh, I knew it was coming, but, but it's hitting me. But I see it. God's, God's providing, and, and we're doing it. But there's demands on our life. I'm here to tell y'all this morning that if you feel like God is demanding you, He is not going to demand anything out of you that He has not already supplied in you. God will not demand anything out of your life that He will not already supply in your life. So if you're feeling some demands from God, if you're feeling a lot of pressure you think from God and He's demanding something, I promise He's already supplied it in your life. I promise it's already deposited in you. He's already put it in you because He's not going to demand something that's not there. And I wonder, I wonder if, if you feel like there's a lot of demands on your life. I wonder if that's an indication of how big the supply is in your life. I wonder if you've got a lot of demands on your life. I don't know, y'all are quiet this morning or something. I'm, maybe y'all are hungry. Maybe, I'm full. If you've got a lot of demands on your life, that means there's a big supply in your life. Are y'all ready for a big supply in your life? Are you ready for a big supply? It comes with a lot of demands. But are you hungry for the supply God has for you? Are you hungry for the supply that He's wanting to place in you? But he's not going to place it if you can't handle the demands. He's not going to place that supply if you can't handle it. And we may have a big supply and all that, but we miss it. We miss our supply because we're demanding so much that we miss all of what God's supplying. We want this. God, give me that. Give, give me what Pastor Mark has. Give me what Pastor Blake has. You're missing your supply because you're demanding all these other things that you're not meant to have. God has a specific supply for you. It said that He put the manna in front of every tent. Not just Moses's. Not just John. He had the manna in front of everybody. They all went and collected their own manna. Moses didn't go around and pick up manna for a million people. They had to go out and get their own. And we're worried about somebody else's. That's why we're missing ours. We're worried about somebody else's manna. We're worried about somebody else's supply. And we're missing our own. 
and it's right there. Every morning, walked out, pick it up. They, they didn't have to do nothing. <laughs> they did nothing. Walk out, pick up the food right there. Man, I wish I could do that. My wife does too because she's buying the groceries some and uh, I'm tearing them up. <laughs> We're, we keep running out. I <laughs> don't know where they're going, but I guess the dogs are getting in them or something. Um, Jump to Joshua 5.12. Y'all enjoying this this morning? Joshua 5.12, it says, And the manna ceased the day after they ate of the produce of the land. Everybody say, the manna ceased. Just in case y'all don't know, that means it stopped. Just, Just throwing that out there. And there was no longer manna for any of the people of Israel, but they ate of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. They ate of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. I remember growing up, we used to always go to the beach in the summer and we would eat seafood. And I got hooked on oysters, y'all. I love me some oysters. Steamed oysters. I won't eat them things raw. They got to be at least steamed. Um, And I remember it was the mid of summer and we were back at the house and um, I asked Dad, I was like, can we get some oysters? Um, they had them at Publix right up the road. And I was like, he, he said, uh, I don't think they have them there. I don't think they have them. Because oysters are only in season in months in with the R, right? It's the middle of the summer, right? He said, I don't think they have I think that's a seasonal item. I think that is a seasonal item. Some of y'all are hooked on that seasonal item that you used to be on. Some of you are so focused on that old seasonal item that God has. He's trying to do a new thing in you, somebody. He's trying to give you a new supply. And you're focused on the old item. You're not even focused on something that's in season. They're out of season for a purpose. They're small. They have no supply in them. They would have been terrible. I wouldn't have wanted to eat them. But I was so focused and I wanted them. But he wouldn't let me because they were out of season. Somebody... Needs to get in season with what God's doing in your life. Somebody needs to figure out the season that you're in and eat of that season. When the Israelites were leaving, leaving Egypt, believe it or not, Pharaoh was their supply. He was evil. He was wrong, but Pharaoh was supplying them. Pharaoh was their And they got hooked on that supply. They got hooked on his supply. Then they get out in the desert. God's already killed off Pharaoh in the Red Sea. They start begging. I wish we'd have went back to Egypt. I want to go back to Egypt. At least we were getting fed there. Yeah, but that food was attached to slavery. You didn't didn't see them asking, I wish we were back in slavery. They just wanted the good part of the slavery. They wanted the food, the supply. Let me tell you that freedom is an acquired taste. I don't think y'all want to hear that this morning. I said freedom is an acquired taste. You're used to walking in that sin. You're used to walking in the enemy's supply. Then you start walking in freedom and you want to go back, but you keep pushing forward. You got to keep pushing forward. Freedom is an acquired taste. You got to get used to freedom. There's work in freedom though. Freedom ain't free. You got to work for it. Freedom is not free. You have got to work for it. 
So God supplied them with manna. God became it. God will not take something out of your life that he will not replace. And if he doesn't replace it, he'll become it. I said, if God takes something out of your life, he'll replace it or he'll become it. So some of y'all who feel like you're missing something, some of y'all, y'all may be feeling like you're low on supply. You're low on supply. He's going to replace it or he's going to become it in your life. God will replace it or he will become it in your life. Because my God has all the supply that I need. My God has everything. My God will supply all my needs according to his glorious riches. My God will supply every need according to his glory. Because he has all the supply that I need. And like I said, if he doesn't supply it, he'll become it. So a lot of us are demanding all these gifts, all these things, trying to get this, trying to get that. And he's like, I've already supplied you with my Holy Spirit. What else do you want? I've already given you my Holy Spirit. What else supply do you want is endless. Ask of it. It'll be given to you. Ask of it. He'll supply it. But we're focused on all these other things. Got to have this. Got to have that. God is our supply. God is our supply. I was telling the huddle this morning. Hunger is everything. Our demand of God, and when I say demand, we're not demanding that because we're higher than Him. We're not demanding because we're greater than Him. His power is based on Him and Him alone. It is not based on us. But back in the Bible, when they demanded, it meant to ask of it. It meant to ask of it because you wanted it. It meant to ask of it, not because you're greater, higher, or doing it rudely. It's just because you wanted it. Are you even asking for hunger for your relationship with God? That's where I, I had to. I was like, God, I want to be so hungry and so thirsty that it can never be filled because I always want to be hungry and thirsty for you because I never want to stop pursuing you. I never want to stop running after you. Because when I do, I'll stop being filled. My supply will run out, not because of God ran out, because I stopped demanding because I stopped asking my God to bless me, to fill me, and I stopped pursuing Him. I stopped running after Him. If I could get the band to play or somebody come up and play the piano, make me sound extra spiritual <laughs> as I close. Where is your hunger today? Where is your thirst today? Because I promise. Sometimes in my walk with Christ, I feel like I can never get it back. But then when you get down on your knees, and when you start seeking after God, and when you truly give Him your heart, He will show up. I've had moments where I've tried to seek after Him without my heart. I was seeking Him, but my heart was in something else. I was seeking Him, but my heart was over here. But when I, when I offered up everything, when I give everything... He shows up and He never fails. Carried them through the desert for 40. They ate manna and didn't have to do nothing for 40 years. 40 years. God just blessed them because He's that great. He's that gracious. He's that amazing. 
40 years feeding them. Millions of people feeding them food. Don't you think he's going to feed you if you ask? Romans 3, 23 through 26. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in the present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness. For he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. How many know that there is a standard God requires us to be at? There is a standard of righteousness. We are called to be holy because he is holy. There is a demand for us to be righteous. There is a demand for us to be holy. There is a demand to pursue perfection. But we can't reach it on our own. What did I say earlier? He's not going to demand anything from you that he has not already supplied. This morning, I'm here to tell you that his supply is endless. He sent his son, Jesus, an endless supply of righteousness, an endless supply of holiness, an endless supply of grace and mercy that can be poured out on our lives if we would believe, if we would accept it, if we would walk in it, if we would ask for it. Are you even hungry this morning for him? Are you even thirsty this morning for God? I want everybody to be hungry because I am. I'm not going to miss eating. I'm not going to miss my fill-up. I'm not going to miss my supply. I'm going to demand it because it is my right. It is my right to demand it. It is my right to ask for it because he said I am his son. His son. He is my God. And I am his son. And he'll give to me without limit. The spirit is without limit in my life if I ask for it. If I demand it, he will supply it. He will show up and he will show out. So I wonder this morning, are you running short on grace? Are you running short on mercy? Are you running short on righteousness? Do you not meet the standard? When I count to three, if you have never received God, if you have never received his grace, if you have never received his mercy, or if you have, and you lost your hunger. Maybe you lost your thirstiness. Maybe you just lost it. Somebody's going to find it this morning. I'm speaking it right now. Somebody's going to find it this morning. I've been looking at the physical. I've been looking at physical miracles. Man, a great miracle is everybody. Everybody left here hungry and thirsty for God. I wonder what he would do. I wonder how he would show up. I wonder what would happen in your week. I wonder what would happen tomorrow. There ain't no time limit. There ain't no delay. When you start hungering, He starts filling you. There is no delay. When you start hungering and thirsting after God, He will fill you. You can be ready, filled up for tomorrow. You can be ready for work. 
Yeah, work sucks. Well, let God get in and see what happens. Yeah, work sucks. I hate working sometimes. But I'm ready for God to show up in my work. I'm ready for everybody to be saved in my work. But I ain't going to do it if I ain't hungering for God. It ain't going to happen by myself. He's got to show up. (laughs) And I'll go all morning. When I get to three, if you want Jesus, if you need Jesus, if you've never received Him, or maybe you lost your hunger and your thirst, I'm here to tell you He's about to show up. So if everybody would just bow their heads. One, He has an endless supply. Two, we can demand anything from Him because He is our God and He never runs out. Three, if you would just slip your hand up. Hold Him high. Hold Him. Show Him your hunger. Show Him your thirst. Let Him see a physical representation of how hungry and thirsty you are. You can put your hands down. If everybody would just repeat this prayer after me. Jesus, right now, I demand, I ask salvation to come to me because you have given it freely to all who ask. God, forgive me of my sin. Forgive me for not being hungry. God, and place it in me this morning. It is in your name we pray. Amen. Man, I don't know how, there were so many hands I couldn't even count. Give God glory. Give Him praise. Lift His name up. Lift Him up.